Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into the Online Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner live at Huntington Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And Joey is two for two on his road trips here during the last month as Illinois pulls out another top 25 ranked win. And more importantly, after a 14-6 win at Minnesota, the over-under for the season wins caches. So if you got over the three and a half, Illinois now improves to four and six. And, and Joey, it's unbelievable. This team loses to Rutgers. They lose all these close games to Maryland and Purdue and UTSA. And then they go on the road and beat two of the best teams in the Big Ten in Penn State and Minnesota. Make this make sense, Joey. Yeah, I can't. Uh, also, if you're over hit, I would like to take responsibility for two of those wins. I will take portions of your winnings. But honestly, I don't know, right? Like, it's November 6th, Jeremy. I have absolutely no idea what this Illinois football team is. I, I think they're a team that plays really freaking hard, right? And that's going to at least buy something on the field. And I think they believe in the messages that are coming from the coaches. I think they believe in each other. But sometimes they don't execute. I mean, the, this, I can't wrap my head around a week ago this team lost to Rutgers. And I know this isn't Rutgers of like two years ago. But how do you sandwich a home loss to Rutgers between two road wins over ranked teams? And I would say both of them, I know this one, we'll get into it, it got a little bit shaky there at the end. But for the most part, both of them were more or less commanding, fairly dominating wins. I have no idea. I, I don't know this team. Yeah, and I think you can tell we don't know this team because we are awful at picking them. You and I, I think, are both four and six on the season. So I've decided. I was thinking about it last week. I'm thinking about it this week, and I'm like, I'm going full George Costanza. Uh, I, I'm probably thinking Iowa wins a close game when they play each other. But I'll go the opposite. I'll probably pick Illinois to win just because I have to think the opposite because what I've thought about this team hasn't worked out to this point. Um, let's, we're going to throw a bunch of flowers, as the kids say, at Ryan Walters, as we should, and we'll talk a little bit about how this defense has been so good. They were five minutes away from the first shutout for Illinois football in a Big Ten game in 20 years, the first shutout of a uh, Big Ten game on the road in more than 50 years. So it, this has been an amazing defense. The turnaround is unbelievable. I do want to cr give credit to the offense for a great start. We've talked about the slow starts this season. A first-quarter touchdown. They get a first-quarter touchdown after a Tariq Barnes interception off a tip pass from Seth Coleman. Illinois marches the ball down the field. Tony Peterson had a great drive. Isaiah Williams, one of the smallest guys in the field, fights for an extra yard to get into the end zone. Uh, and then they follow that up with a great drive, one of the best drives of the season. They end up scoring in the second quarter uh, on a great uh, play call out of the barge. Tip Ryman uh, on a Brandon Peters uh, naked boot rollout. Uh, Brandon Peters finds him on a great read in the back of the end zone. It's 14-0, Joey, 15 minutes and five seconds in the game. You're like, where's that been all season? And then Illinois got conservative playing uh, in front. We'll talk about that. But to get that start and make Minnesota come from behind completely changed the game. Yeah, and it, imagine what that did to the defense, right? Like you're going out there, you've got a lead already. And I, that was the best first quarter We've seen from Illinois all season, it's not close. There's no second place. It was 
they were just confident in what they did. And, and I thought Tony Peterson just drew up awesome drives. Uh, he's starting to use Michael Marques out of that fullback slot, and it continues to work. And he just we, – we saw a lot more Isaiah Williams, Wildcat, Wild 1 formations today. And it's just – it feels like we're starting to see him more – lean into the personnel in front of him. And there's still some things that were head-scratching a little bit. But I just – I can't remember a first quarter even – let's just call it 14 nothing in the first, right? It was literally the first play of the second quarter. I don't – how how do you get that today at Minnesota? But all these other games, it's nothing and not even close. I Again, I don't know a lot about what this is. Yeah, and I think uh, one big key is this quarterback's playing well. Uh, Brandon Peters' final stats didn't end up that great. Seven of nine passing, 80 yards, a touchdown. But that's an efficiency rating of 189.1. Brandon, the first five games of the season, Joey, was around 100. I think might have been under 100, which is ridiculously low, bad uh, for a Big Ten quarterback. He's played fantastic the last two weeks. And just that little extra in the passing game has opened up some lanes for Chase Brown, especially the outside run today. Uh, Chase Brown's an all-Big Ten back, 147 yards on 32 carries today. Um, you know, in the second half, slowed down a little bit, but he got some fir big first downs late in the game. And Brandon Peters with the run. I mean, he had a couple of huge first down runs, including one uh, he, he really got nicked up on, but he needs to learn how to slide. But you're using his legs, and I think Tony is starting to realize that gives him confidence. That gives him a little bit of, um, I, I just think, a, a nastiness, like a, a confidence that he, he doesn't have otherwise. And he made some big throws. The one to Marques, I thought he was going to drop down to Luke Ford, which would have been a fine play. He gets the touchdown by going deep. And then the throw to Casey Washington. Then score on that drive, I don't believe, Joey. But they throw it down, one-on-one -on -one battle with Casey Washington. Brandon Peters trusted his wide receiver. He let his wide receiver go make a play. And kudos to Casey, who's made some big plays in recent weeks, made a big catch, gets him across midfield. That was a sign of growth. Because I don't know if Brandon throws that ball uh, just a couple weeks ago, but he's playing better football. He's playing confident football. And I talked to him about this today. He's writing – no one's going to pretend this has been a perfect year. And, and frankly, really a perfect two years. 2019, in terms of Illinois quarterback, was was pretty close to it. Like just, he was good that year, especially down that stretch. But he's kind of writing how this is going to end for him as a college football player. And let's be honest, probably a football player. Um, I, I would think. He's got a lot of tools. This is probably it. He, I think there's confidence in that. And confidence in the ability to say – he said, he said, I don't know how many snaps of football I have left. So he's just going out there and kind of letting it rip a little bit. And you're seeing some of that four-game stretch Brandon Peters from 2019. We haven't seen two games like this out of – this is two – I can't even believe we're having this discussion. This is two games. Yeah, I don't think he hit 100 today. But, yeah. again, how different does that change when he's just competent? Like that yeah. passing attack is just competent. But we just haven't seen him put back-to-back -back games together like this. I guess a little bit. We almost saw it last year with Nebraska-Iowa. But since 2019 – he does. I, I, there's a lot he probably we, we've understood that he doesn't do verbally, that, that the coaches have made it a point to try to get out of him and tell us they're trying to get out of him. But when he's got that little bit of edge, the, the you know pointing at the scoreboard in Lincoln or, 
or diving. I mean, I, Tony Peterson's got to hold his breath every time his quarterback goes head first, and your backup is now a Division II walk-on. Ryan Johnson got a snap out of it, right? He, he went down. Uh, Peters went out for a play. Ryan Johnson gets a snap of experience. He handed the ball off well to Chase Brown. He did not fumble. That wouldn't that have been just the Illinois gut punch of Illinois gut punches, right? But, yeah, when, I just think there's a lot more when Brandon's feeling it like this that he passes on to that team then we probably, frankly, have given him credit for. Because there have been times. Like that, I go back to the 2019 dive in the bowl game, and my God, you would have think, you know, it was Michael Jordan in Space Jam stretching his arm all the way. I mean, it's just the, they feel it when he is that. And it's just not been consistently that. I was just say, it's nice to see. I mean, it, it is, it, it's, it's fun for us to talk to Brandon. I, we really enjoy talking to Brandon. But he's, he's played poor football for most of the last two years, as you said. But – to see him be able to come back, and, and we can even point to the defense. Tony Adams and Isaiah Gay played some poor football earlier this year, and to see those guys making huge plays, it's, it's really cool to see those guys persevere in their final seasons at Illinois and try to make something of this. At four and six now, you at least have a chance to make a bowl game after all of this. I mean, you still got two tough Big Ten West games coming up. I, I will never feel comfortable for Illinois against Iowa and Northwestern just because the series are so lopsided here recently, but you've given yourself a chance. And we got to say this, Illinois has given itself a chance in all of these Big Ten games outside of Wisconsin. This is six games now decided by one possession, and today was too close um, it, it, than it should have been in, in the last quarter, but you're giving yourselves opportunities to win games, and, and the margin – uh, the scoring margin in the Big Ten is so close. I mean, they're w- losing games by one possession. They're winning games by one possession. I think that's a, a sign of the coaching staff that they're putting their team in positions to succeed. I do want to mention this about the offense, though. After those fir- first two great drives, three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, and you got really conservative at times on some of those drives. Brandon didn't get the first down at one point. Brett Bielma thought about going for it uh, at one point and uh, fourth and one, which I was happy about, but they did line up double A gaps right there and it didn't look like it was going to be a good play call. So they ended up winning the game, but it did get conservative down the stretch, Joey. And even when Illinois got across midfield a couple times, it felt like they were second and eight after Jakari Norwood came in for Chase Brown, which hasn't worked out very well for Illinois. And the one play call I had a problem with was the Caleb Griffin. Now, if it works, we're singing Tony Peterson's praises, but it felt a little cute at that moment when you needed yards to get James McCourt into field goal territory. Because if you have a field goal in that second half at any point, you end up – you have that game. It's, it's done. They end up winning the game, but it, it felt like the offense got very, very conservative, uh, especially in that third quarter. Yeah, there was a couple times in that third quarter specifically – where they got – it's like I think they started at the 10 and the 9. So they're pretty backed up. And a first down run both the times I think was one yard. And then that was it. Like it just felt like, well, first down didn't get us anywhere. It's probably high time to, to cut our losses. You know, it's almost like you're thinking it's going to be a quick punt. Just like, up oh, this drive's over. Right? Yeah. It feels like they give up on some drives. They – I enjoyed the uh, – we, we discussed this in the second down. Kind of felt like a play action time, right? You play it. But they run it, it goes nowhere, and they punt. So I just, I, we talk, remember we talked all, like, we think, you know, Brandon's not making throws because we, we think he's really, like, trying to actively avoid turnover. Like, obviously everyone's actively avoiding turnovers. But, like, they, they, he's really thinking about not having one. That's the vibe I get when Tony Peterson's down inside the 9 and 10. Like, 
And it's not wrong. A turnover in that area is basically seven. Yeah. So, I mean, I get the line of thinking, but you're still three and six, not four and 16. Just gamble a little bit and, and try to shoot some life into it. And let the defense breathe. Yeah, I don't think you and I are asking them to just like air it out and throw caution to the wind because how is Illinois going to win games? You right. keep the score low, you keep possessions low, you don't turn it over. And they haven't turned it over, right? They're really good at not turning it over. I just think with the way Brandon's played the last two weeks, I think Tony and Brett have had opportunities where you can trust him on a second down play action rolling out to the right where he can make the decision, whether it's to run the ball or to just check down or throw it out of bounds. I just like to, would like to give him the opportunity. He only had four second-half passes. So I, I just felt like that guy needed the ball a little bit more in these last two games. I, th- I feel like you could have trusted him to make a few more plays. Not like five more, but like in two or three other opportunities. Like I, I just would have trusted him. So Illinois was fortunate its defense played as well as it did because the great start was great but the offense didn't play well the last three quarters. Outside of the final drive, uh, they were able to move people. Uh, And the offensive line, I thought, played great today, both in pass protection and running the football. Um, So I I just thought they played conservatively. It ended up working for them. But they're also a little bit fortunate that the defense played as well as it did, Joey, and had so many fourth down stops, stops in Minnesota territory, because um, Illinois should have scored more than 14 points in this game. Yeah, that defense really deserved to have a little bit of like a drive where it didn't feel like the weight of the earth was on their shoulders. And they delivered. Yeah, I I am curious. I'm eager to talk with Tony Peterson next week just to try to understand a little more philosophically about what, you know, he approaches in some of these situations. But who would have thought the Illinois defense is like this – unit that is the most trustworthy thing on the field. I mean, for five years, it was so astoundingly the opposite that it was hard to watch. And now this team is uh, – this stat's probably a little heavier. I think it's five games of fewer than 24 points for opponents. They didn't play very well against Rutgers, right? But they are giving this offense a chance. And then today they almost had a shutout, a shutout on the road against a ranked team. And – they just thoroughly dominated Minnesota. I mean, up for six sacks. That They didn't have a sack for two straight games. It just a, a, a absolutely dominant performance. Ryan Walters, man, he's really building a resume. <laughs> like, he had a good resume coming in. And it's just, I don't, I still can't understand why people were eager to push him out of Mizzou. Like, I don't know why fans are like, I'll catch you later. Because he looked like a really stinking good defensive coordinator who's going to be a head coach before long. Illinois is allowing 17.6 points per game during Big Ten play. I mean, think about the years, Joey. They're allowing 30, 35, 38 points. Like, some years during the Lovey Smith era, they were giving up 30-plus points per game. You didn't even have a chance, right? They are allowing just 17.6 points per game right now. Today they get two takeaways. The one late, the Kirby Joseph, Tanner Morgan just throwing it down the field. But – you win the turnover battle today, and you stopped. This is what's amazing to me. A defense that had been gashed by the run for so many years allowed 89 rushing yards to a team that had 626 in the two games prior, the number two rushing offense in the Big Ten. That huge offensive line, Keith Randolph was fantastic. Johnny Newton was fantastic. Rod Perry was fantastic. And Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney getting after the quarterback – were great. 
Uh, and then the back end, Kirby Joseph just covers up so much space back there that it allows Sidney Brown to be this unique weapon. And P.J. Fleck, after the game, compared him to Troy Palomalu with how they use him to, like, be versatile. And he's such a key piece. I, I want to ask Ryan Walters about him this week because they move Sidney Brown around so much. He's kind of toying with the quarterback. The quarterback's trying to read him. And they're disguising things. And it confuses even a, a senior quarterback like Tanner Morgan. And then Sidney's just making a bunch of plays up there. And I thought Devin Witherspoon and Tony Adams – Despite a couple pass interference calls, like they played really, really well today. Minnesota's receivers who aren't that great, they were able to shut them down for the most part until the end of the game. Uh, the game plan's fantastic. Six sacks today. The execution is fantastic. And I asked today, and, and that's what my story is going to focus on, is what makes Ryan Walter so good? And they talked about, one, Tony Adams said he's a genius schematically, which they've made adjustments personnel-wise and schematically that have worked since Virginia but also, he's just giving them a lot of confidence. He wrote the pull the trigger story. Like, he wants them to be prepared, but then once you're in the game, make the play. Go make the play. Trust yourself after all your preparation to go make the play. These guys are, are doing that. The physical maturation, obviously, is there, Joey, as well. But the confidence is, is through the roof. And he's, he's putting them in positions to succeed with this three-man front you're now seeing. It's a 3-3-5 three, three, defense, basically. And he's just pushed all the right buttons. And I know people will talk about head coaching job or somebody's going to hire him. That's a great problem to have if you have a coordinator that is showing like that. Because what he has done this year to transform this defense, not only season to season, but in season since Virginia, is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, the, the, you look at like the body of work of the season. These stats aren't going to knock you over, right? Like it was really ugly for the first, was that three games, right? Virginia was the third game. I guess, say for Nebraska, it was good against them, but Maryland, Virginia, there was some, there was some stinkers in there, UTSA. But he, Sidney Brown, I want to touch on him because Ryan does talk about pulling the trigger, right? And it's just basically read what you've seen all week, how you've prepared for this, and go. And he wants him to make a play, but he's also not screaming. I mean, he's probably angry, but like, Mistakes are part of this if you're going to play that confidently. And he understands that it doesn't feel like some sort of just massive punishment. He encourages, hey, go out there. If you mess up, we'll figure out why, but explain how you did it. And I, imagine being 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old and understanding like, hey, messing up, we're not going to celebrate it, but it's not going to be this, this crazy thing. And then you have someone like Sidney Brown, who Ryan Walters actually said – he had to kind of dial back a little bit in the spring. Sydney is he can play with his hair on fire sometimes out there. Sometimes it's really, really good, like it was today. I love that his hair's out. That's all oh, I care. Yeah, incredible. I, I would like to see Chase Brown follow suit. I understand as a running back, you, you're really <laughs> risking some pain there. But there, there had been times, Jeremy, in the past where Sydney played with his hair on fire, and it was a problem. Yeah. Uh, he, he was just so. I think Ryan Walters, how he found that balance with Sydney has, has just been. So impressive, and a lot of the disguises they do, kind of, almost all of them hinge on him specifically. I mean, he is like running twenty-yard dashes up to the front back. I mean, he's 
there's times that his back is turned to the line of scrimmages. He's just running around like crazy back there. Go ahead. Yeah, let me give you the fuck quote. Um, they were doing some really good things. You have to give them a lot of credit. He's talking about the Illinois defense. They were doing a lot of good things with number 30, Sidney Brown. He's everywhere. He'd be at the line of scrimmage, kind of like Troy Palomalo used to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then he'd run out to cover two. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to have confidence to do that. And I think it just messes with quarterbacks. Like These are things we didn't see in Lovey Smith's defense. And I always said, like, when offense coordinators know what's going to happen, what you're lined up in, and quarterbacks, teenage, 20, 22-year-old quarterbacks know what you're running. It just makes things so much easier for them. Ryan Walters is not making things easy for them. And then Illinois got some pretty good players thanks to Lovey Smith. I, there's some good talent. But Ryan Walters is putting them in positions to succeed to stop these teams and, and week to week, right? Week to week, good game plans against pretty good teams. We do have to be honest. Like in those early parts of the season, we we wondered if the talent there was enough talent on this defense to do anything, and and we said at times there wasn't. So I mean, we've got to own that. We we were that was not the right read. What what we're seeing is the distribution of that talent in the right ways, right? And it took a little bit for Ryan Walters to get it all put together and his coaching staff. And, and obviously it just wasn't the case last year or for five years before that. So, I mean, we, we've got to own up. Like we, we said there's not enough talent on this defense, and that's, not, that's just not the case. But I, I just think what he's done to maximize what they have has been easily the most impressive part to me. This is, Jeremy, we talked about this the literal same exact defense as it was a year ago. Prather Hudson, I thought he had some nice blitzes today. That's your dime guy, though. Like that, that's, that's your dime. He plays like three or four snaps a game. Exactly. And other, so it's the same defense minus Nate Hobbs, minus Jake Hansen, right? Because Jake Hansen's out for the season. And now C.J. Hart looked like a guy who could be really good, but we haven't seen him since Nebraska. So think about this turnaround and being able to push the right buttons and understand where things were disguises all of that with the same team as last year that was a miserable defense we said before the year we're going to find out how much coaching matters okay right offensively i still think we got a lot to learn right because there's not been improvement from that side of the ball in in certain ways right there's there's definitely regression and i think there's you know some of the raw numbers uh, especially points per game you do have to think less possessions they're playing a different kind of defensive football too but um yes they have not taken steps forward on offense outside of chase brown right and the running game have been better but the passing game has not gotten better defensively we're seeing how much coaching matters and how much scheming and, and all these different things like everything we've been asking for like that lovey smith did not give all those years we're sitting there going three-man fronts work be more dynamic be more versatile and you know like press cover, like all these different things that, that we wanted to see disguising, you're seeing that. And it is working, and, and he is just pushing the right buttons. And, again, he's just putting them in positions to succeed, which is what a coach is supposed to do and what good coaching is. And, and you got to give credit to Brett Bielema, too, for having his team in these games and more from the CEO perspective, Joey, having them believing. I mean, at 2-5 and five going to the bye weeks, no one – or the off week. Uh, thank you, Bob Osmerson. <laughs> No one thought this team would have a chance against Penn State. Now, Minnesota, maybe you thought they'd have a chance, but not two weeks after you lose to Rutgers. And then you come in here and they're a top 20 ranked team and a top of the Big Ten West. You come in here and win after you lose to Rutgers. So, yeah, it's weird. It's a roller coaster. But these guys still believe in, as you said, they're confident and they're playing pretty disciplined football. There's a lot of penalties today. 
um, but they're playing sound football, and they're in all these games. And, and people gave us crap for the last podcast. We said they're close. They're close in all these games. They are. And, and you're seeing it go the other way with Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State, where you're seeing them fail to execute, fail to close, and today you came close, fail, came close to failing to close again. Um, but you're finding ways to win those games. It's just the consistency is what they got to hammer out. Yeah, look, I get it. I get why this is frustrating if you're a fan. I, watching it at times, I don't, I don't really care who wins these football games. I mean, you care for a good story, right? But I'm frustrated at times. I'm like, I, I'm frustrated because I don't know what this team is still. But and I get why you're a fan. If you're a fan and you're watching, you, you see how close you are. But can I just rewind you two years? Eh, 2019 might not be best. Like, go back to the 2020, 2018 season. It just wasn't this. This isn't like a back way to pile on Lovey. We've crit- criticized Lovey for reasons that are fair. It's just the honest truth. They were not in a lot of football games. And now they are. So with that is going to come more frustration and more scrutiny over why did you punt? Why didn't you run? Like, that's all part of this. It's also part of having a program that might be figuring it out or at least has a plan to figure it out. And that's what you're starting to see come together. And, and there's bumps in it. There's always going to be bumps in it. I just didn't think, like, some of the bumps have been, like, like that Rutgers loss was just, was just really rough. But I didn't think there was going to be this early winning on the road at Penn State or winning on the road at Minnesota. And to be fair, Penn State and Minnesota had a lot to do with that. They played stinky games in those two games. Stinky poo-poo. Poo-poo stinky. stinky. Come on now. This is the motto of our place here. But like, that's part of what Brett Bioma has talked about. you got to learn how to not lose games. And they've found a way to do that. Now, they made it maybe a little closer than they needed to in some of those games. And if offensively you execute a little bit more, you would have won by two scores at Penn State or won by two scores here today. But you're still – like, you can see, Joey, the eye test. This is a far better football team. It's a far better coached football team. And that, that's credit to Brett Bielman and his guys. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not you – know, I don't want it to sound like we're trying to say, hey, all is well, it ends well. They're four and six. That's not the case. There's reasons – all the reasons for frustration that we've seen, that we experience in con- like conversations with people make sense. Fair. I get yeah, it. Just, sorry to interrupt, but like – these wins make the agonizing losses more agonizing because you think, what if you find a way to score another point or a couple points at Penn State or you find a way to close them into Maryland? You're talking about a team, Joey, that's in the race with Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's not the Big Ten West. Like There are a bunch of missed opportunities this year, but there's also, like, um, would this team – have made the strides they needed to. I don't know if they win these games if they don't lose those games early on, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a different universe, but it does make those losses more agonizing because you did miss opportunities. You missed opportunities this year to, to really take a step forward, but you also have an opportunity now after some of these wins to continue to take a step forward and maybe shock some people down the stretch and with, with a couple games remaining. Well, you build momentum, right? You, you build some momentum on the recruiting trail. I think – Illinois, last bye week, they had a gross loss to Wisconsin they took with them on the recruiting trail. They had some other stuff, and I understand there were points of growth to say to recruits. Eh, I get all that. Now you're taking a win at Minnesota. And Brett Bielema said, was Minnesota ranked? He asked that in the press conference. One, I'm sure Brett Bielema knew about it. I would be floored if he didn't. And number two, he's sure going to know about whatever plane he's on going to whatever recruiting place next week because that is going to be a point of discussion, I have to imagine. Also, beyond high school and this momentum, you're starting to show skeletons of opportunity in the transfer portal, where if you're a quarterback, per se, 
and you have questions, you can show the base and ideas and understandings of what this wants to be. And, and all of that, again, the, the process, sports and the process is always, the results are driven by the process. And maybe you weren't getting those results early, but you have these skeletons of the process to show to people. And that can be a recruiting. Now, is it going to work? I have no freaking idea. But at least you have that when you go in the portal and the portal is filling up. You have that to say, hey, this is what we were trying to do here. Here's what you can see where we were. Here's how you would fit in and help us get that. And that's really important when you, there is going to be roster turnover. But to make, to maximize who's coming in, that stuff's really important. And that's what's so important about these last two more games now. Yeah, and I think you're starting to see, as you said, that quarterback, these little glimpses. And like, hey, you can show them if you made this throw. We think you can make this throw. We'd have won this game or things like that. Offensive line, you got a lot to sell without the way some of these guys are playing right now, especially Doug Kramer, I thought, had a great game. I thought Jack Badovinak had a fantastic first couple of series there. And, and Vidarian Lowe is, is playing himself in the NFL draft conversation. And then I think about defensively, you lose a lot, right? You lose Owen Carney who's playing in all Big Ten. He's playing way better than last year, in my opinion. He's got six and a half sacks now on the season. Um, Isaiah Gay is playing his best football. I think Rod Perry is kind of an unsung hero back there. Or Kirby Joseph and Sidney Brown and, and Tony Adams and Devin Witt, they're all playing really good football. You can show that to outside linebackers and defensive linemen because you need some for next year. Um, it gives them a lot more uh, to sell there. So. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! All right, Joey, they get an off week after this game. They do get to sell it on the recruiting trail. Chase Brown can take a rest after 32 carries today. Um, what do you think is, is important for the Illini going into Iowa, where if Iowa wins tonight uh, against Northwestern, I believe it is, yeah, Iowa against Northwestern at Northwestern, if they win that, that's another top 25 opponent on the road. Look out, because Illinois is dangerous in those situations. And don't forget, there's still a lot in front of you. Think about where this team was, Jeremy, after the Wisconsin game. They had just been trucked at home and a final score that should have been considerably worse than what it was reminds you of a lot of those early lovey smith losses right yes and we talked about it we wondered like where are they going from here they're they're seven games in this has not gone anywhere close to where these super seniors thought this was going to be you i felt bad for him man you guys came back and it's you just got trucked at home on homecoming and it's just gonna be tough mutton moving forward and it's just so different now, right? It's just at that point, I would have never told you there's going to be a lot in front of you at this point on November 6th, but there is. So don't forget how you got here and who you are, but also understand like it's so cliche. And Brett, I'm sure Brett Bielema told him on the locker room, he'll tell him on the plane. There's so much more still. Even I mean, four wins, Let, let's first pause. Four wins in Brett Bielema's first year. All right. I mean, okay. 
but five, I, six. I think, I think a lot of us would, like I said before the season, I think five would be a pretty good measure uh, for the team in the first year. Six would be an unbelievable success, and those are both right in front of you. Yeah, and really not all impossible to imagine it getting there. Iowa's going to be tough. That defense is no joke, but your defense isn't really either right now. And so I, I, I can't believe that we're, this is a discussion, but here it is. And there's so much that almost like, you get rid of the bye week. Like you're kind of, I know Chase Brown would scream at me probably for saying that, but they're, really, they're kind of hot right now. And I, I know last week happened, but this is kind of a hot football team. Uh, strangely, in a very weird and hard to explain way. Yeah, I, I don't know if like a lot has changed except a little bit of the passing attack because there's a little bit more passing. You're still not good at it, but your defense is just playing lights out. I mean, I think there were some Rutgers drives that Illinois wants back, and they, they really struggled on the edge there. But that's not what I was going to bring you, right? Like I was more of what Minnesota runs. It's more what Penn State runs. So. I think there will be some opportunities. We do have to mention, um, not a lot of people like P.J. Fleck. P.J. did like playing against Lovey Smith. I believe he was 4-1 uh, against Lovey Smith as a college head coach. Um, Illinois players, swagger out there, rowing the boat. We saw the defensive line do it. Owen Carney, Johnny Newton, I think Keith Randolph was involved. And then was that Blake Hayes with some taunting there late? With, uh, what a great punt uh, by punt god Blake Hayes to nail them at the two-yard line. Fantastic day for him as well. Um, but, yeah, Blake Hayes getting after it. And Tony Adams had a heck of a reaction when you brought it up, Joey. You find me a punter with more swagger than Blake Hayes, and I'll find you a liar. There's just not one. Like, this guy, when he comes out on the field at Memorial Stadium with the captains, there's just three of them. He's pumping every I – mean, yep. there's just nobody with more swagger than this dude out there. He, he's he's enjoying all of this. So, you know, we're, after the interviews, we're talking. I said, Tony – you know, you see, I said, Blake's got a lot of swagger, huh? And he's like, come on, you know that. And I'm like, yeah, but the row the boat thing is what? So I showed him, and he was floored. <laughs> he very much enjoyed seeing his punter row the boat and then snap the oar over his leg as he peered into P.J. Fleck's soul, it appeared, from the video that we saw. How many punters, man? Good for Blake Hayes. Enjoy all of this. He is a legend at this school. A punter, right? But, like... He, he's one of the two best. It's a two-person conversation, I think. I hope I don't sound like a fool for saying that. Good for him, man. Enjoy all of this. You're never coming to Minnesota again <laughs> as a college football player. You'll probably be here in the NFL. Have fun, man. Talk your trash. You just won the game with your left foot. Or you sealed the game, I should say. And Good good for him, man. Talk your smack, Blake. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, I like it. It's, it's harmless. And if you're going to have that kind of mantra – People are going to throw it back in your face when it doesn't work, right? PJ's done a really good job at Minnesota, but I'm sure a lot of Illini fans love seeing that in a victory today. Uh, just a few more things I want to get out there, Joey, um, including a bowl, which they could get with two straight wins, which I think we both know is going to be very difficult, but it's not out of the conversation, right? So it's still live. You still have the chance to finish over 500 in Big Ten play. That hasn't happened since 2007. That's another thing Brett Bielma has in front of him, his team has in front of him. Of course, they're going to take it the one-game-at-a-time mantra, but I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, and the other thing Brett Bielma has going for him, I couldn't believe this when I looked it up, Joey. Um, that is a second straight road victory over a ranked opponent, right, for Illinois. He has two of them in his first season. The four previous Illinois head coaches combined over 15 seasons. That's Zook, that's uh, Beckman, that's Cubitt, that's Lovey Smith. They had one. 
combined. Ohio State, 2007. That's a pretty good start for Brett Bielma, right? Like it just shows that, you know, he can put his team in positions to win, and it's not just schematically. He gets his guys ready to play on the road, which is which is difficult. It's difficult to play in places like this, and Penn State especially. I'm still trying to figure out how we're having these discussions. Like seriously, I know we've talked a lot about that. I just wouldn't have believed you three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a last month. week, last week, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we both picked Illinois to, to lose. We all picked Illinois to lose on Illinois Enquirer because Minnesota's playing well, and can Illinois score more than 13 points? Well, they did today, but can they score 20 points? No, they didn't need to because the defense is so good. Yeah, I still think this coaching staff gets a lot of credit for keeping this thing so tightly bound because, man, the, the bye week, that first bye week, could not – I mean, that, that to me, that's not a very good time to have that after that loss. And then you got a week to just think about what this has been – and to keep this all put together and, and to come out this way, I cannot believe we're having these conversations about this Illinois football team right now. And it's, we, we knew this coaching staff was good, right, when they hired him, but we're, we're really starting to see. And I, I get it. I know somebody is going to comment and say, well, what about Peterson? I look fine. <laughs> Fine. Like this. The guy speaks exactly like that, too. What about <laughs> Peterson? But like, we knew like, – I think when Peterson was hired, we were like, oh, that's interesting. But when they started hiring the defensive staff, I think we all went, that's a dang good staff on paper. Like when you get Kevin Kane to go from SMU to be an uh, outside linebackers coach, Ryan Walters is a sitting D.C. at a, at a SEC program – um, and, and to Andy Boo, who'd been a coordinator at four FBS schools, like Aaron Henry, who's been in a lot of Power Five programs, like Illinois hasn't hired those kind of guys. Like Kevin Kane would have been a home run DC for some previous staffs, and he was a position coach. So I think defensively, we felt pretty confident. And it's, man, it's shown itself, and it's amazing. UTSA Virginia, you're thinking of those games. Oh, no, like this is, this is going, this looks familiar in a bad way. The last, you know, Six weeks of football for the defense is unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I would love. I when Brett Bielema got hired, I thought I don't know what Big Ten coaches are thinking, right? Like, because Brett's had success, and you and they probably were like, crap. You know, Illinois might. You know, there might be something at some point. I would love to just send out an email to every Big Ten coach, and be like, you don't have to put your name, but can you just tell me right now what you think? Because the I mean, again, this is all, this, next two weeks in Iowa. I'm like, oh, that was a disappointing thing. But there is a little bit of like, hey, that team, we're not going to walk over them anymore. And I think that as you start to look at like the, the steps you have to take to build, not getting walked over is a pretty big first step. You know going into a game against Illinois, you're going to go against a physical team and you're going to have to battle to win, right? And I think maybe Penn State, Minnesota didn't think that. And I, I think maybe Illinois caught them by surprise a little bit, given the games they'd lost before those teams, right? So Illinois has spoiled two seasons now, potentially. I mean, Minnesota's still got a chance to win the Big Ten West if they take care of business against Iowa and Wisconsin. But, like, they've spoiled those teams, like, easy kind of path to, to what they wanted to get to. And I just think Brett Bielema is a college coach. He knows how to do it at the college level. He knows how to do it in the Big Ten. He knows how to do it in the, in the Midwest. Like, we've seen it in recruiting, Joey. We can see it day-to-day -day with putting a staff together, being the spokesman. Like, he's just putting Illinois in a better position to compete in the Big Ten. The wins haven't all come, but you've seen enough of them. You've seen enough week-to-week -week competitiveness. 
they feel like you're going to be in a chance. You got a chance every time you take the field. I saw somebody call Brett Bielema like an agent of chaos in the Big Ten because he has just completely turned this freaking thing upside down. Professor Chaos. Paul Christ might want to start like building a thank you package to send to Brett Bielema because Brett Bielema may have helped Wisconsin win the West. Well, and Wisconsin's playing really dang good football too. Purdue. Let's talk about teams that you can't figure out. We're, t- we're recording this, and Purdue's up 21-7, or 21-14, excuse me, uh, at number three, Michigan State. Like, I went into that, like, why is Purdue only – like, why are they three-point underdogs? Shouldn't they be, like, ten-point underdogs? And Purdue, I can't figure them out. It's it's pretty amazing in the Big Ten. But Wisconsin, I like them right now. 31-3 up on Rutgers at, at halftime. Like, they're playing really well. But, yes, Illinois is giving them an easier chance uh, to win the Big Ten West Championship. Yeah, real, real quick, I know we're about to wrap up. Illinois um, SID Brett Moore, he runs the stat page, does a really good job with it. And this is really pretty surprising. Today was Owen Carney's 16th sack. He's in the top 10 in Illinois history. He just—he was not very productive his first few years. Like, this dude has put it all together, and he is he's really a heck of a, an outside linebacker. He's going to he might play himself in the league. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I didn't know if he was an NFL draft prospect. Uh, he came back in part due to Brett Bielma, especially his his uh, past at that position specifically, you know, getting guys ready for the NFL and, and coaching that with both the, the Giants and uh, the Patriots. So I, I think he's playing his best football. And, yeah, now he's up there with guys like Dewan Smoot who's in the league and is a productive player, right? Like, you're starting to put yourself in those conversations. Uh, I, I think he's been really, really good. And I think Sidney Brown has been really, really good. Devin Witherspoon, Kirby Joseph. Like, you start to see that those guys get confident and week-to-week play that well. You're going to put yourself in the conversation of making the NFL. Good for him. I mean, he, he really – but and also, let's be fair, like the outside linebackers last week left a lot to be desired. So, again – what are we watching? <laughs> Who are they? I have no idea. Well, they made it interesting. That is for sure. Uh, a second trip, road trip where uh, we cover a, a big win for Illinois and Brett Bielma. We'll see if they can do it again in a couple weeks at Iowa. we got a bunch of basketball games before that. <laughs> so uh, we'll cover that over the off week. And, of course, recruiting uh, is going to ramp up here as the, as the coaching staff hits the trail once again and as the transfer portal really starts to fill up as well. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. I know it was a great Saturday for all of you. Enjoy the rest of it. It was a beautiful day up here in Minneapolis. Joy Wagner and I are going to get writing, and we'll have plenty of content up for you on the site, so check it all out. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast.